The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're what the rock is talking. Welcome to the One Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Johnson, and today I'm joined by by the futurist, Morton. How are you today? Yeah, we'll see if I am the futurist this year with the G1 coming up. I got to regain my uh, my crown from a two-time winner, but uh, I feel very confident about the, who I picked as the champion, even even though you've picked the same guy, but uh, we have a different opponent in the final, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I So I I was flipping coins. I flipped, It was really a coin toss for me because it was either, to me, the winner was either going, uh, the, of the block was either going to be Shingo or Naito. It's absolutely Okada's G1 to win. I think that's absolutely the way it's going to go, but... I just was like, they haven't done this since 2007, I believe, with uh, an IWGP heavyweight champion winning their respective block and going to the finals. I was like, no, this wouldn't be a bad time to pull it out. For all we know, Evil could be in the final for all of this. So we'll just hold out hope that doesn't happen. But I think... I think this is going to be exciting. This is going to be fun. Uh might not get as followed along this G1 as years prior, but I still think they're going to put on some incredible matches, and the first two nights look really good. And we've all got our picks in, so we'll uh, we'll keep everyone up to date on the uh, One Fall Twitter page. As oh, we you go. want to just go into the, the preview of it right now? Yeah, let's let's hit hit the preview. So, Morton, Morton, let's, let's go over... Let's let's start with the first thing. Who do you have in your finals? Who do you have winning, and why did you make your picks? All right, so I, I picked Kenta Ibushi because I, I felt that that uh, my my thinking in the finals against Akata, I mentioned that uh, we both have Akata uh, winning it. Um, like you say, it's just been too long since Akata has been the uh, been main eventing the Tokyo Dome. Um, he's still arguably their biggest star. They've had to elevate some other people, but I mean, that legendary title reign that we talk about is now actually getting to be in the rearview mirror quite a while. And I think, uh, I think it's time to put the belt back on him. I think the company kind of feels that way too. Um, you know, there's not much else for his story really to go anywhere else. So, uh, definitely I think Okada, I think it'll be against Abushi because I, I think that they're thinking since Abushi's, you know, won it a couple times and been in the finals and everything, that he, that he's most likely to be the guy that, that people would think would win. Like I think that's their thinking is is or that'll be Gato's thinking is is you know is okay. This is this is if he's in the final, people might think that he'll beat Okada, and I think that's the reason why he's going to be there. Whereas I I don't think anybody else they'll think that. Maybe they will think that with Naito. Who knows? I mean, he is the guy who seems to be getting the most votes for winner of that block. But, uh, but yeah, I just think that Ibushi, when it comes to tournaments, 
with his booking in the past, his history of, of success that, uh, that I think that, uh, yeah, he's the, he's going to be in the finals just because they'll think he's a strong alternative to Okada. So, um, as far as the, you know, uh, the quality of it, it doesn't matter who's in the final against Okada. It's going to be incredible. Oh, absolutely. It's and, okay. and of course, it could be somebody other than Okada, but it just doesn't seem likely. It, I, I would, I tend to agree with you. I think Okada, this is, this is really meant for Okada to get, to reclaim his moment, uh, his spot on the top of the, the promotion. I think that's absolutely the right call. For the company, uh, I just think you have a drawing power of Okada. You have Will Ospreay, and you can you can run back Will and Okada. There's a bunch of matches you can do with Okada that I think will be really good. Uh, and I mean, with uh, foreigners probably starting to break through in Japan uh, next year, Brian Danielson is a name that comes to mind. Uh, a guy like Miro, Moxley, Jay White, that there's a bunch of guys that can all that would be really fresh matchups for Okada that we haven't seen in a while. Uh and I mean the the one the one name that we can always kind of circle around and wonder if he'll appear is Kenny Omega. And Okada would be the perfect person to have near and around for Omega because Eventually, eventually, you do want to wrap up the story with Ibushi. Uh, I don't know when that is, but I think Okada is absolutely the right pick. I kind of explained why I went with Shingo. I thought it could be you could run back from earlier in the year with Shingo and Okada. It plays on the history of the last twelve months between these two, uh, and it gives Okada a win over Shingo, which helps create. Uh, I don't know what they're at in total. But it gives them that, it always gives you that one-on-one feel, and Wrestle Kingdom's kind of that rubber match between the two. But Naito can absolutely be a name that makes sense. Uh, Abushi absolutely makes sense. Please, please no evil. Please. I just. Yeah, it, it could happen, but I think Kenta's more likely than evil, to be honest with you, from that block. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know. I guess Sonata is probably the most likely guy if you don't look at Okada from that block. Um, you know, I feel like that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, it could go anywhere. I mean, I mean, often, and, and you kind of look at the psychology of what Gato's been trying to do since taking the title off Okada, it is established new stars. I mean, it has been new people getting the belt. Ibushi, Osprey, Shingo. You know, I mean, they're they're really trying to uh, evil is another one. They're really trying to elevate new stars to make more than one guy be the top, top star and to kind of replace Tanahashi because he's getting up there. Uh, you know, so they they've really worked really hard to replace and due to circumstances, uh, partially due to circumstances, partially due to just the the people involved. That I don't know that any of them has come across as a truly a main event star. In fact, I don't think any of them have come across as a truly main event star. I think maybe Abushi. I guess you could say he's probably come across a main event star. I think Os- yeah, Abushi. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Abushi has, and Osprey probably was going to, but you know, the injury took uh, took care of that before it happened. 
I don't know that Shingo is still seen as a true main eventer. I can't switch for him. I, I, I'm not sure he'll hold the belt till Tokyo Dome because I'm not sure he's going to be seen as a big enough draw. Uh, but if they want to elevate him to that level, then it would not surprise me. And the same thing when we talk about somebody being getting to the finals that was totally a surprise. Uh, somebody they want to elevate just out of, you know, just because they're, that's what they've been doing the last couple of years, trying to elevate new stars. So they could elevate somebody brand new. I mean, they could elevate a Jeff Cobb for all we know up yeah. to that level, right? Like, like it would not surprise me. So, I mean, yes, we're making uh, the choices and we're picking the established stars, you know, but, uh, Naito being another established star, but, uh, I think he's been established for a while now. But yes, it definitely could be somebody no brand new. Like I say, it's 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 very possible. I just want to see what a G one final match with Ishii involved would be like. I think it'd be even better than his G one matches, and his G one matches are amazing. I think we can already kind of put hedge our bets that he'll probably be the MVP again this year. He he might be. Shingo's had such an incredible year that he could be as well. Uh, Naito tends to be incredible in the in the G ones as Tanahashi is, you know. Ibushi is awesome in the dear one. I mean, who knows? But Ishii just it's it's where you get to realize how great he is every single night, you know. Uh, yeah, you you kind of take him for granted most of the year, and then and then you watch the G one and you go, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot he's probably the best. <laughs> and and you know, it's if if you're gonna go with him. To to that level because of the great matches uh, and the respect he has, uh, you got to do it now because he's not getting any younger. Um, but it, it, I think he's probably already too old, unfortunately, for them to kind of. And Shingo's not a young guy either, and they're you know have elevated him to to a main event status. So, so you never know. Just imagine like a Ishi Okada final. Uh, it would be, you know, chaos explodes. Uh, it would be incredible. It would and, be incredible. And the, I, those two would tear the house down. It would be must-see yeah. TV for wrestling. I mean, we've seen them, I've seen them before, but it's it's awesome stuff. And, and you know what else? Even if even if Ishii lost to Okada, which probably would be the case. Yes, absolutely. You could, when Okada gets the belt back, you could have that as a rematch, and that's a, that's a fresh challenger for the belt for uh for uh Okada because when he had that historic run, one of the few guys he didn't defend against was Ishii. Yeah. I I think uh, I think if Okada gets the belt, I have a sneaking feeling he will be facing the American Dragon at some point. But I'd love love to see Ishii. Uh Ishii doesn't have to win, but if Ishii got to the finals, I think that would be incredible. And I think that would be for just a fan base, because you just see the love that Ishii, that the fan base in both the States and Japan have for Ishii. I think there's there's a lot of respect and a lot of love for the work he does. Totally. And totally. I think if you put him in the finals, I think, and he doesn't have to win, but you know, A, you're getting an incredible match, and you're getting the chance to uh, reward that. It's kind of rewarding the fans in some way. It's rewarding Ishii, but it's also re- rewarding that fan base and being like, oh, crap. Okay, yeah, no, let's go. I'm We're supporting Ishii. 
Uh, and I don't think they Japan worries too much if Okada's going to get booed or cheered in this situation, because regardless, people are going to react to Okada, and Okada's going to attract eyeballs. So, and I wouldn't be shocked if Okada, with that briefcase, if there's even a like a small like sliver of a tease of him, is someone saying something about maybe him using that to challenge a champion and. In in America and wrestles for an elite company, if he's still champion at that time, you never know. I I could see them making like a small little hint. It won't happen. It won't happen at all. Uh, Because I can't see any AEW performers on the three night for the Dome show. I could see maybe some, but I don't think I see any major names. It's really tough because you know I mean, uh, obviously. We're getting names from New Japan over in AEW. Not the biggest names, but good names, you know. Uh, we're not getting, you know, the young boys either. So, I, I mean, we're getting, you know, Minoru Suzuki's a legendary character. He's no longer main eventer over there, but he's a legendary character, you know. Um, so, I mean, we're getting these guys. It's really, it feels like AEW needs to send somebody back. To, to pay this back to make it even, but the fact is that uh, they could do that just in a show that they run that New Japan runs in New J- in America, a New Japan America show. Yeah. Uh, it would be easier, you know, for to do that uh, on New Japan Strong or something. Set up a big match. Um, they did that with Moxley before, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, it, but it does feel like they need to give back, especially if they are able to pull off somebody like the, like they almost got Tanahashi. If you get Tanahashi, you got to give back uh, somebody uh, at that level. You got to get back a, a, a Danielson or CM Punk or you know somebody at that level in in your company. So uh, it, we'll see what happens. It, it, if if things are better COVID wise, I think this could change. But I just don't know where everything's going to be in the next couple months. And we're getting yeah, close in to close either to, country. In either country, you know, it's difficult to say. But it, if if things were if things were a lot clearer and we didn't weren't bogged down with COVID as much right now, I think I would feel a lot more safe in saying that third night of Wrestle Kingdom may feature a lot of AEW talent. I I would venture a guess, but now, but with COVID, I don't. I'm very hard pressed to say that. I hope I hope that they do send some guys over because I think like uh, having Suzuki was great. I loved I loved his performance. Uh, what do you think of the Suzuki incident? As soon as they turned the music off, I thought, "Oh crap!" I was like, "You just ripped off the fans of something they want," and I thought it was disrespectful. Literally the second that it happened. I had a problem with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I, it doesn't surprise me that uh, that you know it it caused some tension uh, at all. Now, do you think there was tension between like Suzuki and New Japan, and uh, well, mostly because Suzuki is a freelancer? Do you think there was tension between Suzuki and uh, AEW, or I think he was pissed off. I don't know. I don't think it's the type of tension that would keep them obviously from working but i think it was like don't cut off my music again and they were like oh god oh we're really sorry we messed up we promised we'll have you come out in aw give you the full entrance 
like next week on Dynamite, which they did. Yeah. And we're going to make up for it. Like we're going to try and make up for it. That that's what it felt like to me. But and yeah, the second that it happened, I thought, oh, that was stupid. You you know, one of the more challenge, uh, more of the different bookings with the Arthur Ashe shows. I think I would have Suzuki Gun win. You haven't seen any. I definitely Japan. would. You haven't uh, seen any New Japan guys win. I think this would be the right group because it's tied to Archer. So. Yeah. I definitely would have them go over, no question about it. And would you? you have, know, and you get, and you get, let Archer get the get the win. You know, let him beat Kingston or 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 Moxley. He's beat Moxley before, you know. But I mean, I definitely think that it's the right move. New Japan has to get a win in AEW to stay uh, legitimate in the eyes of the viewers. Yeah, and I think getting that win would be a very good thing. Um, it's a jam packed Arthur Ashe show. Uh, I think that's kind of naturally where we kind of progressed here. Uh, I, I guess my last G1 question for you is any, anyone that's going to surprise us in the two blocks, any, you can pick any of the wrestlers there, anyone that you think will surprise us in terms of match quality and what he's able to produce. Well, the, the, I think Yoshihashi, um, who's a, seems to have improved a lot. Uh, I think he could open some eyes again. He did last, um, last time there was a G1. Kind of surprised people. People were talking about how he might not even deserve to be in there and then he had a lot of great matches. Uh, he's a name. Uh, Chase Owens, it, this is his chance to prove if he is or isn't good enough to be in a G1. Uh, I'm not sure that he is. Uh, I know he has a little respect of a lot of people though and this is his chance to prove it and we'll know at the end of this. Uh, uh, Tongaloa, you know, another name could really surprise us. We mentioned Jeff Cobb earlier. Uh, Jeff Cobb's probably the most likely to have good match after good match and impress people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of names. How do you think Great O'Conn's going to do? That I don't know. I don't know. I think he still needs to be carried a lot. Um, he's in there with a lot of great workers, but. I think he still needs to be carried an awful lot. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, he'll get, he'll be booked strong, but at times, you know, I, his stuff just isn't connecting with the audience. And at times he is, uh, shows great intensity in the ring and, and it looks like it should work out. Like he, he's, it's maddeningly inconsistent, honestly. All right, I I'm, uh, I think that's that's a good look at the G1. Uh, we've got our picks locked in. Uh, last year's winner was uh, young Joshua William Joshua. Uh, how does this well, look like? Joshua William Arbanot. Ah, uh, Arbanot. Joshua William Arbanot. There we go. He uh, as I call him Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he is he was last year's winner. Uh, I have not won at all, so I'm still chasing a victory. I'm, I'm, it's a long-term booking for me to get a win. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, we, we have the same winners. Uh, it's really You're the Sonata. You're the Sonata of the podcast. There we go. I'm just. Long-term chasing of the win. There we go. I'm just gonna keep, keep trying. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy this. The spreadsheet sucks sometimes doing the math, getting that all set up, but 
at the end of the day, doing it, it it's a lot of fun, especially when. Well, I appreciate that you do that because if I had to do it, then it wouldn't get done. <laughs> oh man, I there are points where I'm just like, it and like I'll get you guys to double check because human error can happen, mistakes can be made. We've established the point system. And uh, I think what we're going to do uh, this year is we'll use the Twitter page and we're going to keep people updated on where we stand. So it puts a little more pressure on me to keep the spreadsheet a little more up to date. Uh, I like that. I like that idea. And we're going to the the chase is on. Who who? This is the this is what our fourth time doing this. Yeah, I think so. I think you so. won the first two. Yeah, and then Josh. Josh. Uh, and then Josh won one, and then now it's. It's our fourth year, so this has been fun. Uh, let's and we'll see what happens. My my question for you is uh, just quickly. Uh, I don't think in the three years we've done it previously, there's been a single tie, a single draw. You know, and there's extra points if you actually pick a draw correctly. Do you think we'll see a draw this year? Uh, I think so. I think this may be the year they finally. It's been won. years since I can. I can't remember one even in the couple of years ahead of that. It's been years since we've had a draw. Tanahashi and Okada was a draw one year. Was it the year that Kenny won? Wasn't it that year a draw? Yeah, maybe they had a draw that year. Maybe you're right. I think you're right. They did. They went 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and that would have been, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, it was 2017, so four years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's been a while. I wonder if we get a draw this year. It's something to keep your eyes out for when you're making picks, because that... That's that's extra points. It's extra points. It's risky because it's easy to get it wrong. Yeah. But if you hit it, oh man, who knows? We might open with one on Tanahashi and Okada on the first night. Absolutely. That that absolutely they could just run that back again from four years ago. Uh, shifting gears. Uh, let's talk about. We're going to talk about the fun stuff, and then I think we close the show out with. A little bit of a darker tone. Unfortunately, that's tough, tough to go out on that, but it probably feels like the right thing to do. Otherwise, yeah. it's such a tonal shift in the show yes. beforehand. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's let's get on to Arthur, Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe. So I, the first thing I want to bring up, I'm, I don't think we'll run through the card for it, but there's a lot of good things coming uh, but what do you think of Rampage getting two hours, and you think that's an indication of the future? I think it's very likely that it moves to two hours because uh, those ratings are strong, uh, you know. Um, that And it's more money for both sides, uh, you know, theoretically. Uh, the ratings, are they're good in the 18 to 49, and 700,000 viewers, you know, is, like, that's, you know, I mean, what, with all the hype behind NXT, that's what they were able to get up to, and that was considered a success this week. And they're doing that for a one-hour show late on a Friday after there's already been two hours of wrestling on on SmackDown. Now, would that be too much wrestling for people on a night? Would they pick one over the other? Are they watching both right now? Uh, it's difficult to say. Um, so SmackDown's ratings have been pretty good here the last little bit. Uh um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's difficult to say. I I do think though that they'll go to two hours, but I wonder if they'll stay on Friday if they do that. Yeah, uh, I will say you're you're definitely getting the I you really feel the love Warner Media TNT has 
for AEW. It really feels like they're fully behind the product. Well, and why you, wouldn't they be? Like I say, they're they're killing it. These ratings are ridiculous. I mean, AEW's beat Dynamite's beat Raw two weeks in a row in the in the key demo, which all is all that matters. Which means that when they list the the ratings for the week, it's higher on the chart. You know, it's not about total viewers. It's about that eighteen to forty nine demo. They've won two weeks in a row, and guess what? They're going to win this week too. Even if Raw is hot shotting the. Uh, Usos and Roman Reigns versus the New Day. You know, it's not going to matter because that Monday night game is going to be huge again with Green Bay versus Detroit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, AEW is going to have, it's going to be three weeks in a row with this Arthur Ashe, maybe four weeks in a row, the way it's going, that they're going to, they're going to beat Raw in, in the key demo and, and in the, in the overall rankings on, on cable. So, you know, and then there's so much desperation coming out of WWE. Yeah. I mean, we saw that this past Monday. I, mean, I know we're getting off topic here and getting to a different topic, but, uh, you know, we saw that with the hot shop booking this last week, and guess what? It, it didn't work the way they wanted it to. And I really, I just got to say, I really, really hope this doesn't tank Big E, because he's one of the guys that you can absolutely ride to the moon. He's got really big shoulders, so it makes it easy too. But yeah. he's he, over. He's more over than Lashley, quite frankly. Yeah, I. And you know what? It, in all honesty, Biggie is in the spot that he's in because of his hard work, uh, his social media presence. He's just a saint on in any interaction you hear about Biggie. There's a lot of goodwill there. Locker uh, room leader locker room leader, and just the New Day being themselves for mm-hmm. all those years, just constantly just being themselves. And, and you all look the- at this guy when he was brought up, you know, and put as the heavy, you know, working with uh, AJ, AJ uh, April Mendez there, I guess, you know, AJ Lee and, and things like that, and just like how out of his personality he was booked. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even though he got like the IC belt early on in his career there, it was just, it was out of his, and pretty soon he disappears off TV and all the new days off TV. And these guys are doing backstage segments on YouTube together and getting over. And you're like, this is a great act together. I hope they actually put these three together. Then they decide to do it. They come out uh, as baby faces get, and if people find them annoying, turn heel. And they're so entertaining as heels that they turn back baby face and has, have been that way ever since. Uh, you know, and like you say, worked hard, very, uh, very over, charismatic guy. Uh, Great they did is so stupid. They did it so, I mean, they, they essentially told you this is going to happen on Twitter three hours before the, before the show. That's not how you book things if you want to, if you want to hot shot a rating. That is not the way to do it. it. It was stupid the way they did it. So I think it would be completely unfair. To blame him in any way, but it's, you know, unfair happens in the Fed. Yes. Uh, and I mean, the thing is, did you see his, uh, it was on WWE.com or YouTube. So he used to say on WWE.com for some reason, uh, but it was on their YouTube page, the interview, the post match interview with Big E and with Woods and Xavier behind him. And it just, Big E feels like a real person. Like he feels I, like I didn't see it. I did not see it, but uh I you know, I do agree he feels like a real person. And 
like uh, earlier on the week that he won the title, he talked about his mental health. He talked about uh, in light of Daphne's passing, he talked about his own mental health, his own struggles, his own uh, suicidal thoughts. Uh, I believe it was uh, like uh, he was hallucinating at various points. Like it was he was not in a good spot. And he talked about how long and how hard it took for him to get uh, to the point that he's at. But he still has struggles. And then uh, the New Day, both of the other two, Kofi and Woods, talked as well about their uh, their struggles and what they what they deal with and what it's like. And it, again, it just it's a real person. I'm Biggie was the only reason I watched Monday Night Raw. Biggie's the only reason I would tune in for segments of Monday Night Raw. I will absolutely support that guy. It's uh, you can have your WWE and everything to it, but Biggie is a guy that I would absolutely be invested in, and I really, really hope they don't screw this up because he's he's one of the guys that I'm like, you're draw, you're entertaining, you're fun to watch. There's a person there. It's not just, I have anointed you, the one that we want to push. It's a guy that is like, I generally want to see what Big E does. I so have I, to admit, though, I, I feel like he's um, given it to hot shot, and, like I say, and draw a rating, and, and he has no chance to have a long reign. It, yeah. it feels like it goes right back to Lashley almost immediately. So Which, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets at least a few months. But if he gets more than four months, I'll be surprised. Yeah, and I, I, they just can't, they just can't tell long-term stories. They just can't. They suck at it. They <laughs> absolutely suck. Where you look well, at, they change their minds so quickly, right? They change their mind all the time. I mean, this wasn't the plan two weeks ago. You know, this, they just, yeah. I mean, like you, you, you flip back to the. When Arthur. I say they change their minds, we we know it's one guy changing his mind with God. a short attention span. Damn it, pal! We gotta give me that steak wrap and put the title on you for a week. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, you flip back to the Arthur Ashe show, and it feels like there's stuff connect. There's connectivity. There's reason why we are having all these matches. Yeah. And there's momentum. I, I I think even though it is sold out at Arthur Ashe, I believe it's sold out. I just want to say uh, Ruby Soho and Britt Baker segment would absolutely have sold more tickets. That was a fantastic segment. I love Ruby's look. I love the promo. I love the banter between the on two. Ram- on Rampage tonight, you should uh, should mention you know, people in case people are wondering they didn't see it. It's yeah, worth it on Rampage. Yeah. It's it's worth going out of your way to see. It was so good, so good. Uh, that was even Chris Jericho goes. That's what we call a money segment, like on the announcer, you know, crew. That's what we call a money segment. It absolutely was. Uh, I really, really, really hope Pillman wins. I think that'd be great if Pillman got the win. And I think MJF would be great. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Uh, yeah, I think MJF is going to crush everyone's hopes and dreams even further. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, multi-man matches because 
I believe they're really trying to get as many people there, front center. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the uh, Lambert uh, Men of the Year and Jericho and uh, Hager segment? Because that got a lot of mixed, more negative reviews. Did it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Lambert's so entertaining on the mic, I have to admit. I mean... Uh, they, they easily set a record for the amount of times they dropped the S-bomb on this, on this last episode. No question about that. Uh, yeah, what were people saying about it? Why were they, uh. Just, they were just saying this is just Lambert, basically Jericho booking a segment for, uh, basically Jericho getting a segment where he gets to beat up Jim Cornette Light. That's all he wants to do. This isn't really getting one, anyone over. This is just kind of there. The oh, come on. This is this is good for the men of the year. Come on. It, you know, they what were they what were they doing before they got hooked up with Lambert? They were off TV for the previous month or so. Yeah. You know, I mean they came off the feud with Allen and and Sting and then they kind of disappeared for a while. This has got them back on TV and and you know what? The crowd was into it. The crowd was reacting to Jericho and everything. I mean, if the crowd is reacting, live crowd, then it's working. Yeah. And I think you are going to get a good reaction in New York as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that's that 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 will be on Rampage, the two hour Rampage. Uh, I'm looking at what else. We got the Super Click back taking on uh, Jungle Express and Christian Cage. I think uh, I think this will be a fun match. Oh yeah, be very fun. No Cole, question. It'll be interesting because people want to cheer Adam Cole so badly, and so I mean, people are like cheering him, you know, against Frankie Kazarian. They're going nuts for him. And then uh, Jr. says people want to want to cheer J- cheer Kazarian, and uh, Adam Cole's keeping him down, so he can't do it. And I was like, what? Or just you know, that was his old WWE instincts. Because just tell the truth, people are totally behind Adam Cole. But the thing about it is, as soon as he called out Jungle Boy, people were like, you see, hear, hear this mixed, oh, I really like you, but I really like Jungle Boy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was a little odd. Uh, uh, I'm I'm curious to see how, how – because Cole is over like a rover. Like he's – man, he's – it's it's – he had a good match. I thought he had a really good debut match on AEW. Uh, it, he definitely doesn't feel like a guy that is going to take a while to get going. I think he's already ready and raring to go, and I think he's a great addition. And I thought Christian Cage's line uh, in the uh, backstage promo where they uh, talked about, well, you lost the Wednesday Night War, so you had to come over and get your girlfriend to get you a job. And I was like, that was... Oh, I love little little digs like that because it, it <laughs> swims in reality, but it's not actually what anyone's thinking backstage. They don't think Adam Cole's a loser. They see value in Adam Cole, but the line still works because it still pops the crowd. Same thing with Ruby's line to uh, Britt. No one really believes it at all. Britt's made her own pathway on her own uh, on her own accord. But it's a line that a crowd can sink their teeth into. Yeah, saying that she's banging some guy in the back, and that's basically, you know, and that she's, her head stuck up Tony Khan's ass. Basically, those two lines to, uh, you know, they were just, they were just good lines. Yeah, and they popped the crowd. They had the crowd go, 
ooh, can't believe she went there, you know, (laughs) which works. uh, And and it does work because the crowd is so smart. I mean, a lot of people complain about this being too inside, you know, Um, but to this crowd, it totally works. Um, And the same same thing also, I mean, Adam Cole, uh, I can't remember, was it Russo or Cornette? I think it was Cornette, but I can't remember which one it was. One of these two idiots, uh, you know, and, I hate saying that uh, about Cornette because I used to respect him so much, but hey, at this point, was saying that, uh, you know, um, one of those two was, and, and I don't mind saying Russo's an idiot because he's a complete waste of skin, uh, so I've never liked him, but we're saying that Adam Cole, because he debuted at the same time as, as uh, you know, right after CM Punk and, and the same time as Ryan Danielson and even Ruby Soho de- debuting, that that he's being overshadowed. I don't think that's the case at all. He's being presented super well, uh, I think. And, uh, you know, he's right away. He's, he's in the elite faction and he's upper mid card. And, and, you know, he has a great future there. They're just yeah. taking the time with him, but they're keeping him in a, in a prominent spot. I mean, you look at it, Brian debuts feuding with Kenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam debuts instantly paired up with the best tag team in the world. And being chasing one of the hottest baby faces in Jungle Boy in AEW. That's a win. Ruby Soho paired up in the women's title right away. You're going to get that match. And she's had a great run these couple of weeks. Punk. Punk's had a great debut. It's still I I love seeing how happy Punk is and how much fun he's having. <laughs> he's just having a blast. Uh, I, I don't, don't know if he had fun on that table bump this week. <laughs> <laughs> that table did not break, and he did not look like he was. He looked like he was like, "Oh God, that hurt." But I yeah. think him and I, I Hobbs promo that he cut on uh, Rampage tonight. I thought that was a really good promo. Uh, I think this is pairing him up with Team Taz is absolutely the right call because those are two guys that he absolutely wanted to work with was Ricky and uh, Hobbs, and this is also a nice rub for Hook as well. So I just think it benefits. Uh, how what happens with the Arthur Ashe Punk and Hobbs match? Oh, Punk goes over. You know, Punk goes over. Punk goes over. I think it's all setting up Punk versus Starks. I think that's the long term goal, right? Yeah. So Punk goes over. Yeah. Do yeah. you have Ricky potentially win by dastardly tricks? I don't know. We'll have to see when we get there. Uh, I would not be surprised if Brian Cage it helps uh, CM Punk win, though. That would make you get a, uh, a tag team match out of that later yeah, on. Exactly. There you go. You've just you, and that's probably Tony's plan, anyways. It could be. <laughs> and just living in Tony Khan's head. Uh, overall, I'm uh, I'm excited for what AEW's got going. Is there anything else from Arthur Ashe you want to talk about? Anything that you've been? Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we haven't really hit on Kenny versus uh, Brian Danielson. Um, do you think they're going with it too fast? Do you think they should have held it off for a pay-per-view? Oh, uh, is, who do you think goes over? What do you think is the plan? Like, you know, so this is down for me a little bit. So this is a non-title match. Uh, I think they, I think this was the right call to have the match here. Uh, I think this is very much planting a flag in New York. You've already planted a flag and claimed Chicago. I think this is their their goal of claiming New York is theirs as well. 
I mean, I don't blame them. They're selling tickets really well uh, there, and they're going to be running a lot of shows. Yeah, they in that sold out in New Jersey. Yeah, so they're they're doing really good. Uh, I don't think it's it's too early, uh, and I do think Brian wins. I think I think Kenny Kenny loses, and that just sets everything up because then that's how you get Brian a title match. Uh, how do you manage to hold it off till November thirteenth then, though? If you're holding it off for the pay per view, or are you? Oh, you absolutely hold. Uh, that's that's pay per view match. That will that will sell tickets or sell pay per view buys. That will draw a lot of people in. Um, it's really tricky. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how you're going to go because I don't see Brian Kenny Kenny's willing to lose to anyone. I mean Kenny's Kenny Kenny was all for losing to Andrade in Mexico. And they were like, no, you'll, we'll, you can keep the, the AAA title. Uh, so Kenny has no problem taking losses. Uh, and I think that you, you close out, uh, the dynamite portion, uh, with a really feel good moment with Brian getting a win in New York. And it just sets up, it sets Kenny up being very, this could be Hangman's return. This could also be the return of Hangman. Maybe Hangman costs Kenny. Maybe he comes out, and uh, we set off the the return of Hangman. Maybe they might turn. They could turn him heel. Even you never know. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like his storyline still is tied into uh, into the Dark Order more than it is to Kenny at this point, though. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think here. How how would you book it? How would you book that match? What's the end goal? I think Danielson has to go over. There's no question about that. Uh, it's just a matter of. Yeah, I mean, how do you do it? I mean, you you have such a packed show, and yet that seems like it needs a half hour, uh, you know? Um, so I don't know how much time they're going to get. It might be cut down to, like, 15 minutes, which would not be long enough, but uh, will be a great 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I I feel like it. I understand they wanted to draw, you know, they wanted to make this a big, big night. They have a huge crowd, and they want to draw a good rating. And it is more important to draw good ratings than it is even to do big pay-per-view buys uh, for them. So I get that. Uh, it's a little bit strange, though. Just, you know, I mean, it's so fast. And this is a company that takes its time with everything. So it's just so, it's a little bit strange to me just to see it happening so fast. Uh, I do think, though, I'm, I picture that match drawing more than at 1.5 million uh, rating. Um, yeah. For the overall for the night, I'm sure they're going to draw about 1.35, 1.4. Uh, again, easily win the 1849 demo um, without any question. And when I say easily, they they didn't win it easily either one of these last couple of weeks, but I think this time they will uh, win it fairly easily. Um, yeah, uh, you know, what do you think ratings wise they're going to do? Oh, I think they you you hit the nail on the head where their their rating numbers. This is going to be big. That there are people at work that kind of died down in talking about AEW that's gone back and talking about AEW. And it's partially because, uh, it's not because of Brian. It's not because of Punk. Though Punk was a reason some people started to check it out. Uh, a lot of people that I've talked to, it's that tag match. That tag match sticks with people. That mm-hmm. cage match just resonated with people. And I think that's, again, the key to what makes AEW 
AEW is having matches like that that leave an impression that let that linger within your minds and they're not they're not you're not going to see those two tag teams touch until probably next year. Well, and that's that's the thing and the other thing is uh when's the last time in in the WWE uh that you saw a five-star tag team match? You know, whereas we've seen them multiple times here in uh in AEW, you know, largely with the Bucks, but but it it you know, tag teams can be just as exciting and can main event a show just as well as anybody else if you have the right match. And, you know, uh, WWE, I can't think the last great tag team match, honestly. I, there's probably one there, but the one that I think of is DIY versus, uh, that's NXT. That's not WWE to me. That was NXT when it was, you know, its own brand, uh, before, you know, got, went 2.0 instead of 3.0. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, like that's you know they were allowed to do stuff that they're not allowed to do on the main roster. So I'm talking main roster. When's the last time? You know, as much as we love the New Day and the Usos, uh, you know, I mean, they never had a match anywhere that can touch what we saw with yeah. Lucha Brothers versus uh, Young Bucks. I think I think this is more of a question for Josh. I think Josh may have. And a better answer for you because I'm I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, that doesn't uh, surprise me. It's it's just their their tag team matches are very formulaic. They have a set plan and just follows through. Uh, yeah. Speaking of NXT 2.0, what do you think of their 2.0 champion, who's never held the NXT title at all? Yeah, I, I was surprised um, to see Tommaso Ciampa come out and get the belt. Um, uh, I, I did not. I thought he'd be too small, given their new um, kind of directive. So I thought that was a very interesting choice. But they pick, pick somebody who's over and somebody who can work, and somebody who, while he's not big, has a really good look. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I I thought it was. I was actually encouraged by that. Um, I the thing I wasn't encouraged by was the 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 throwing of a young guy into the main event, just being like. Here you go. Here's the guy. Because it would it would have made more sense. Because uh, they didn't pick the guy that beat L.A. Knight in a squash match to kick things off, did they? No. That no. that was the other thing that I was like. I was surprised by that. I mean, yeah. L.A. Knight's a star for you, and and he's got everything. He's not young, but other than that, he's got everything. And yeah, apparently, he just Sean- squashed him. Yeah, and apparently Sean put this show together. Apparently, Sean put it together. Kevin Dunn was in production, and you heard stories about Kevin Dunn definitely being in the production, involved in the production side of this. Um, he put it together timing-wise and things like that, but as far as like the the direction, that's not his direction. That that's not his call. I think that was probably Pritchard. Probably Pritchard. Yeah. I just I don't hold much hope. <laughs> what do you think of the wedding? Oh, uh, you know I I I that doesn't hold my attention. It didn't hold my attention. I just I'm I'm so done with rustling weddings. You know what what I really did enjoy uh, that involved uh, Gargano and Candice was the gender reveal. It's about two and a half minutes. I thought it was great. It was funny. 
it showed off their personalities and uh they just it just that's the type of stuff that you it just worked they're real people i i think it worked but uh funny doesn't equal money yeah you know it really doesn't i mean for gargano i don't i don't think he works when he's funny like i think you need to take gargano seriously because he's such a damn good wrestler and while he can be entertaining i you know What's to next? me uh, to me it, it, it then it, when he's when he's funny he comes across as a mid carter to me and i think that's a shame i think that's probably where they see him honestly yeah which is a shame yeah his deal is up though his deal is coming up I thought you had said uh, you heard he'd re- resigned already. No, Dunn had resigned, but I. Dunn has resigned. Fun. Okay. Uh, Gargano, uh, I, my guess is he probably resigns, especially with someone like Sean there. I think he's, and it, I, it also probably it very much depends on how long Candace's deal is left, and especially with the maternity leave, how that plays out. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but I'd love to see Johnny Gargano take on Kenny Omega. I'd love to see uh, Johnny, Johnny Gargano versus Will Ospreay. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think he's going to resign. Uh, at, at some point, you have to look at it if you're him and go, man, that place is getting too crowded. You know. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm a big fish in a in a small pond, maybe. But at least I'm a big fish, or at least I'm a at least I'm a recognizable fish in the small pond. If yeah. I go over there, it, it, there's some point where, especially since Bray Wyatt's you know gonna debut still, and now you're hearing rumors about Kevin Owens, you know. Oh. And, uh, yeah. It, if I'm Gargano, I resign with NXT. Yeah. Uh, though I'd again be worried about the new direction, and uh, I think you could see his days. At the top of the card, over. Um, I think he's still be able to have fun and, and you know, he'll be he'll be on TV at least. Yeah, and he'll get to go to Disneyland and be with Candace and just just be a father and you know just just enjoy life, wrestle, and just make it make the best of whatever situation he's in. Uh, and if I'm AEW, I'm absolutely would take Kevin Steen. I would I would take him in a heartbeat because uh, I think I think you've seen. Yeah, him you ask me to take him, take him or take Gargano. You take him. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and then and then because then you know that uh, Sami Zayn, you know uh, El Generico would be on his way pretty soon after. And you know what? I honestly think you would see uh, AW or uh, the uh, AW probably. Do a little bit, not a lot, but do a little bit for uh, the Sammy for Syria that he does. Yeah, absolutely, I think so. And I think that I think that would be a big draw for Sammy. And I think El Generico versus Kevin Steen, just one more time. Yeah, El Generico versus Kevin Steen with with the gloves off, able to do whatever they want. You know, oh, that would God. be great. But I, I mean, I booked them as a tag team against the Bucks because how great would that be? Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've been trying to delay this for as long as possible, but we got to talk about it because it's probably the biggest story 
to wash up on our shores and probably a little bit. It's amazing you know, it's a bigger story than Arthur Ashe or Binky winning the championship or the G1 coming, but uh, it's certainly it's certainly on social media has is is getting all the attention. Yeah, man, it's so Dark Side of the Ring released the plane ride from hell. And I think we all knew We've always heard stories, um, but what you saw in that episode, uh, man, it's it's horrifying what you saw. It's horrifying what you saw. Um, and I mean, I we we kind of talked a little bit about Ric Flair coming into AEW. I'm Tony Khan, and I'm watching that episode. I'm like, yeah, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. I want to touch Flair with a 10-foot pole. It's really ah. tough because um, I wouldn't touch him either. But if they do, I mean, if they if they want Charlotte, you know, I mean, if they don't bring in, in Flair, can they get Charlotte? You know, and, and I think they want Charlotte, and I think there's a possibility. I think... If they don't sign him, it goes out the window. So I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts here that you gotta you know kind of look at it. Plus, it's an incident from 20 years ago. So you know, I think they I can I could see them trying to justify bringing him in. Um, I wouldn't. I would. But I could see them. I could see them trying to justify it. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Uh, you, I definitely recommend any wrestling fan to watch that because you, you watch it and like Mike Shiota, Mike Kyoda, 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 he comes across as a frat boy. Like it's just, it's just sad to see old and wrinkled and laughing at some of the stuff. Um, like even the Terry Reynolds bit about Brock and, Brock absolutely deserves to have his name mentioned. Like, uh, uh, that just that's unacceptable. And uh, yeah, the, he, I, um, again, you gotta just in case people haven't seen it. Uh, you know, basically he flashed her. Um, you know, he, he who was it that brought her into the locker room so he could do it again? I don't um, remember. Took part in it. That person's equally. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was Dustin. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, and she she basically said, look, uh, that type of thing happens all the time. Uh, you know, it was constant. And I, I bet it was for all the women who were working there at that era, um, you know, because it, it would have been just another rib, you know, uh, it's completely inappropriate. But it's that in that time, I, I'm sure that, you know, pretty much every show something like that could happen. Yeah. Uh, and I mean... And she certainly, that's the thing, she didn't seem that upset by it, you know, which is crazy. You know what I think it is? she's used I to it. It's... And and when we talk about Ric Flair, he essentially sexually assaulted the the uh, like superdust. Yeah. Um, you know, forced her to put his, you know, he was walking around naked, uh, backed her up um, so she couldn't go anywhere and forced her to put her hand on his his member and, uh, you know, uh, 
horrible stuff. Yeah. I mean, the I, I read what Scott Hall had said because in the episode uh, she described a very pilled out Scott Hall grabbing at her and saying just very vulgar things. I'm not going to repeat what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she didn't either, and rightfully so. You you can find it. Yeah, uh, there is a article by Grantland that has a breakdown of some of the things said and done on that flight. Uh, and it's just like I don't care if you're pilled out of your mind. I don't care if you have problems saying that. And you 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 got to think. Scott Hall's a big guy, massive in size, and this flight attendant who's smaller, just absolutely feeling vulnerable and scared, and it's just... it's Having her shirt ripped by him when he was holding on to it. If he hadn't passed out again, who knows how bad this gets. Yeah. It only didn't get worse because he didn't pass out. Or because he did pass out uh, because he was so messed up. Uh, Scott Hall's long being to me, I mean, he's just a dick. Like, uh, you know, I mean, just there's numerous examples. And he's, whether he's sober or he's, um, you know, or he's uh, messed up. I always thought he was just, you know, not the best person, to say the least. It's, yeah, it, it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, I think this, like, the small thing of it all was the the Brock wrestling with Kurt. Yeah, that's just that's just uh, a a rib that got out of control. And two, that is two frat boys who just got out of control. Yeah, you know, and it, essentially, and unfortunately, got a little dangerous. But but that is just two uh, two two idiots, uh, you know, screwing around. It's amazing how that's small potatoes to what actually some of the other stuff, like the the syringes and the vomit. It just and I gotta say, uh, we hadn't brought it up yet. The amount of the amount they drank is insane. It's just unhealthy, unhealthy, and damn it, RVD's line about oh yeah, this, the boys would drug different gir- local girls in towns and have their way with them. And I'm like, how is that? That should have been the headline, but I think that's like third or fourth on the headline list for what was said during this episode. And you hear that, and it's like, it's just like, oh, yeah, guys rape local girls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was normal. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it was normal right from ECW, right on. I'm sure it didn't change when it got to the Fed at the time. You know, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was happening in the 80s and and the 90s, and maybe the 70s, you know, and, and so on. I mean, it's, this is, this is a massive black guy. I mean, mean, the idea that people are super upset about Ric Flair to me is almost amazing because I was like, you didn't think he was doing this? Like, have you heard the way he talks about women and his past and brags and talks about how he's an alcoholic? It's like, I mean, how can you not think that, that this type of behavior is happening? I feel like, you know, the, the story is is older. It's 20 years, like you said. I do wonder if it's a little bit of a, like, almost like the metaphorical coconut falling on the head. And people going, oh, what is this? And then looking at it and going, oh, oh, this is, 
Like the thing most... about Flair is, I I cannot Brock would have been like twenty four, you know. Rick still would have been like fifty two, fifty three years old at this time. Yeah, you know, like there's just not that it ex- the youth excuses Brock, but people do do stupid things when they're young. You know, doesn't yeah. mean you should be held accountable, but you do do them. But a lot of these guys never grew up, you no. know, and Ric Flair is is chief among them. And uh, I thought Jim Ross came off really badly personally when he said, uh, should should he he was a made man? Should he have been punished? Well, you decide. You've heard the story. You decide, which is basically saying, yes, that's what you're all going to think. And, and that's right. But have the guts to say it. Yes, we screwed up. He should have been. He should have been, uh, you know, being punished severely. And the fact that he was a made man and we didn't is wrong. Just man up and say it. Yeah. And you know who comes across even worse than anybody to me in this entire thing? I I have a name. I can. Do you want okay. to hear my name? Okay, go ahead. Vince McMahon. Ah, uh, well, that's a good one. I thought you were going to say Tommy Dreamer, because Lord oh. knows he's basically the one person who thinks that this is not bad. I remember seeing Tommy Dreamer. Um, a few years ago when I was at WrestleMania, he, he did a live podcast with, uh, Colt Cabana and Colt was asking questions. He's like, you know, I don't want to answer your questions. I just want to tell stories about Sandman. And he told stories about things Sandman did that oh. were, and, and was getting the crowd to laugh. And I was like, these things are not okay. This behavior, you know, getting on a, going from an event where he's bloody and sweaty and not bothering to shower and getting on a plane and having the, the scaring the hell out of the stewardesses. That's not okay. That's that's really just as bad as anything. And he thought that was funny then, so it didn't surprise me to see him. Yeah, be the the defender of the behavior. He well. Yeah, he, anyways, Vince McMahon. That's your name. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not uh, my name. The uh, Tommy Dreamer is definitely really high up there. It's, it's kind of even playing field with Brock, Dustin, and by the way. Uh, according to the lawsuit, Dustin had grabbed uh, one of the stewardess uh, flight attendants and said, I want to fuck you. So, And he was named in that. Uh, yeah, and he said, I'm going to lick you. And, and That was actually... Or was that Hall? That was Hall. That was Hall. It's, it's yeah. crazy how you have to differentiate the disgusting what, comments made. What, what... You know, I mean, Dustin is the guy who pulled... Uh, Pulled Flair off the other sewers. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just, he was singing and making people uncomfortable because he was, you know, bearing his heart out to drunk. And, and we know he had, like, he is a guy who has turned his life around. You know, yeah. he's a guy who is not the same guy. He should have been held accountable at the time. He was said, they, Ross said, uh, you know, JR said he's fine, but, he, you know, and that was bad enough. And I think, no, it's not bad enough. He should have been fired. The circumstances would have been, but he is a guy who has, has gotten clean and actually has turned his life around, found God and is very, is a, is a different fella than he was back then, where Scott Hall's always been a dick, regardless. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, that is, that's, anyways, so, Vince, 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 go ahead. He could have reined this all in. He's sitting up there. And he's just like, oh, JR, you go do this. Vince McMahon is the head of your company. 
absolutely at some point should have got out there and wrangled them all in because he's the boss. He could have easily done it. He could have easily, the big, booming Vince McMahon voice could have taken control and diverted all this. And, I mean, he... This, again, shows the leadership of Vince McMahon, or lack of, because he could have stopped this. He easily could have stopped this. Jim Ross seems out of his depth uh, as uh, head of talent relations in regards to wrangling these people up. Jim Ross, uh, Vince McMahon could have done it, and he, he knew all this was happening. He knew what was going on. You can't tell me for one second Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon hates sleep, so there's no way Vince was passed out. And Linda would have known this. Oh, he's drinking too, I'm sure. Oh, he's a I'm, frat. He's a. I mean, you look at his history. He's a frat boy too. Oh, you know, he he, th- he likes the hijinks of the boys. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he was involved in some way, shape, or form in some of the shit that happened on that plane. And no one really mentioned his name, which I thought was a little odd because it's Vince McMahon. I I think he absolutely. If he wanted to stop it, he could have. But he well, didn't want to buck, stop it. If the buck stops here and you want to be that way for all the good, the buck stops here, then you got to be that way for the bad, too. And, yeah. and the fact is that he didn't do what he needed to do. Like, you, you're right. He, he, it's awful. And I mean, how many times has something happened where we're like, well, Vince could have stopped this. Vince could have stepped in. Vince could have done something. And it's always like, he doesn't. And it's like you you fail you failed your company after your big. Well, oh, this is the man who helped uh, help Jimmy Snuka get away with with uh, you know taking the life of a of a young lady. I mean, essentially, you know, who who rather than have his company get the bad publicity. Yeah, I mean, this is the same man. So I mean, yeah, just just bullshit, just absolute bullshit. I my my you, you got to commend the the flight attendant that spoke on the uh, on the episode. What's her name again? I'm trying to. Uh, I some, can't I can't recall unfortunately. But she absolutely deserves all. Of very that. brave, very brave, so and, brave. Um, you know, I wonder if that is in violation of the, of the acceptance of the court order that that she did, or you know. With, if she'll see any repercussions. And that brings me to, to who I think comes across the worst of all of this for me is the company she worked for. I can't remember the name of the, the airline, but that essentially this happened and they're cleaning up and they see vomit and they see pills and they see needles and syringes on the ground and they try and walk out and they, and they say to them, no, no, you have to go clean this. And then, and then, you know, they tell them what happened. They say, be quiet about it. We, you know, we we have to respect our, our clients' uh, privacy. We, we don't want this getting out that this happened. So keep your mouth shut. To me, when an employee is uncomfortable in any situation, the employer should 100% back them, regardless of any other repercussions, regardless of it's two people versus 200, regardless of whether or not it's going to cost you money. You got to stand up for them. Like you cannot allow allow that to happen. And and to me, 
that's that was the one that disgusted me beyond anything, uh, even beyond the behavior of the because some because I, I guess you know you know in your deep in your heart the bad things happen with the with you know some some guys are you know I mean drug addicts and and you know bad behavior happens with the wrestlers I've heard of many times but to hear that about the about the company that uh that uh, the stewardess worked for it just it made me want to vomit it was, it was you know, this was a tough watch this is absolutely a tough watch uh and you go through it and you're just like holy crap this is this is a really bad look and again if I'm AEW I ain't touching uh Flair with a ten foot pole. I bet you all it does is, I bet you it, it delays when he comes up there, but I don't think it stops it from happening. I just bet it delays it. You'd probably delay it by a couple months. Mm-hmm. I think a couple months, and then it'll be like, because I mean, you look at how much shit has come out about Flair. Mm-hmm. It always, it just doesn't matter because he's Ric Flair. I mean, Brock's not going to get touched. Brock's probably gonna. Brock and Roman will have their match, uh, their blood match at Saudi Arabia. That'll happen. I mean, man, when you hear the latest things about Saudi Arabia and some of the things that they did prior to nine nine one one and and you know nine eleven and um, these are the latest things that are that are out there that are kind of coming out. God, WWE looks worse every single day. You can't imagine they could look worse, but they do. They manage to look worse and worse and worse for going there and taking their money. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is, I think someone did a did a uh, a graph that showed uh, all their ticket sales for pay per views up to date, and then uh, the money they made from Saudi. And mm-hmm. I don't think all their ticket sales for pay per views equate to how much money they've made from one Saudi show. No, of course not. Or the Saudi show up to date. And that's that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Um, Man, this is... But it's coming back to bite them in the ass. You know, it costs them fans and it's going to continue to. And it's it's one of those things. It's, It's... They're rolling in it now, but there's a company that's hotter than them. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's gonna it, it, the ratings will continue to go and be a problem, and and it's it's you know it comes to a head. It takes a long time, and it's still a long time away, but things are gonna catch up to them someday. I, I truly believe that. Oh yeah, um, and I mean, the thing is, thank that, God the business has changed. Yes, uh, you, you know the one person that looks bad that didn't speak on this that just continues to look worse and worse the more and more kayfabe has been broken is Taker. Like anytime Taker says, oh, I miss the good old days, and you're like, you miss this? This is the type of shit you miss? I'd much rather hear the stories about like Woods, E, and uh, Kofi sitting in a hotel room eating pizza, playing video games, hanging out with their family instead of this shit. Mm-hmm. Like the, the more you hear Taker talk about the good old days, you're like, mm. Man, you probably shouldn't have broken kayfabe and just stayed silent on a lot of things. Well, it's, it's very similar. Like one of my one of my uh, 
breaking points with Jim Cornette was he was talking about how the problem with AEW is they don't have that locker room leader. They don't have that guy who it threatens to beat people's ass. They're, they're too nice and they're, it's too corporate and blah, blah, blah. And they don't have that. WWE's lost that too. And you know, that guy like Taker who would stand up or JBL and, and, uh, and threaten to beat people up and tell them this is how things work. I'm like, it's a good thing that this is gone. Yeah. That's a good thing that this is gone. And you, and you think it's a problem that this is gone. It's 2021 for crying out loud. Like, uh, I just, so yeah, you're right. When you hear that from Taker, it doesn't come across well. No. And you know, the one thing that I was thinking about as I stare at one of the pop figures I have is you remember how all the boys, all the boys talked about how paranoid Randy was and how it shouldn't, how he just was so possessive and so protective of Miss Elizabeth. And he absolutely crossed lines at different points with Elizabeth. But you see how the boys behave and you're like, I can, you can logically see why someone would end up in that situation. It's not okay what Randy did, but you can see why he was terrified of the boys being around Elizabeth. Well, things change. Luckily, we all, um, grow and, cause I remember years ago the, the story, and I thought it was funny at the time, uh, Iron Sheik told by Marty Gennetti, you know, where he, uh, where girls being wheeled out and, 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 uh, it's because she wanted to have sex with Marty Gennetti and instead she ended up with the Sheik and was upset. She didn't want him, and, you know, and, and, she wanted all she wanted was his drugs and this and that and and so he gave her a short clothesline and 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 you know and he said it's her fault she moved she not know how to work and you know it's like that was a punchline and and we all laughed at that like twenty years ago you know that story and now I realize it's like that that wasn't funny that that's never funny that's abuse it you know we all can grow and change hopefully and. And, uh, you know, myself included. So it's, uh, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. It was a rough era and, and these things unfortunately happened probably many other stories that we never heard. Oh, there's probably stories in all sports that fall in line with this. And it's, this is, this is a tough way to end the show, but, uh, I commend the work that they did on this docu, uh, the, this episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I think this is, this is an important episode to air. Uh, this is important for wrestling fans to know, and just regular people to know, cause it, it forces a reckoning in some ways. Like, I mean, Tommy Dreamer suspended indefinitely from Impact, and he should be, cause he managed to shove his head all the way up his own asshole, and continue yeah, to shove it up. And continue and continue. And it's like, Dreamer, stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. What do you mean double ponytail? The fuck are you talking about? And it makes you, it makes me really thankful for the guys that are just gamers that just want to go home to their families. Don't give yeah. a shit. And there's so many people, there's so many people now that don't do drugs and don't even drink, don't even have coffee. You know? Like, it's changed. I mean, you look at you. You look at like 
all the stories you hear about Adam Cole. Like, mm-hmm. he just seems like one of the most genuine, nice people around that locker room. You hear stuff about just them talking about the locker room in AEW being like a football team, celebrating a big win after a pay-per-view and high-fiving each other and supporting each other. You saw how they came together when Brody passed. Yeah. I mean, you see the stuff like on Up, Up, Down, Down with uh, Woods and uh, and Cesaro and everyone that gets tied in with that and how much fun they have just playing video games. I'd much rather have these guys playing video games than getting pilled up and H-bombing each other for shits and giggles. It's yeah. pathetic. It's, it's absolutely pathetic. And, and you're right, one taker, even Austin is another one, you know, who talks about the good old days when, you know, when him and, him and Taker talked about it in the, in their podcast together. And, you know, and, and he's somebody who's, you know, his wife, Deborah accused him of abuse and it's just skated by for all these years. And it's, uh, I mean, it's tough. Maybe we should completely forget about our heroes from the past and any of that rustling and ever watching it again. And, just watch the guys now because they're better people. It seems much better people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. Just incredible came off terrible, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy who got what he deserved seemed like Michael Hayes. I mean, being drunk and just going up to JBL and punching him as hard as he can in the face when he's asleep, uh, getting his ponytail cut off to me seemed like justice. Yeah. Um, you know. But taping it onto the door the next day at Raw and the, onto, onto the door so everybody could see it, it crossing the line. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, I think this is where we ended. Uh, well, this is, this is my last thought on this is, like you said, the buck stops with one person and he let that mindset, that locker room behave that way. And For years. Yeah. Said it wasn't my problem, and now you see that you see it's he's he's the head coach, GM, whatever of of this team, and he had no control over them. He let them do whatever they wanted, and it the buck stops with Vince, and that you know it didn't get talked about, but myself I. I definitely think Vince shoulders a nice chunk of blame on all of this. They're all their own people, and they can control their own actions, but Vince definitely is a big part of why this happened. I agree. I agree 100%. So, kind of tough to go out on, but it needed to be talked about. Yeah, it needs to be talked about. Uh, I'm sure we will be back next week. I am also grateful that, that this show is on the air. It needed... The, this stuff needed it, the light shone on it. it it's, yeah. You know, yeah. Casual. When you watch when you watch something like the dark side of football, and there's no stories that come even close to the horror we've consistently heard from the dark side of the ring. I think that says a lot. Yes, that is that is truly terrifying. And we're going to close the season out with um, uh, the trial of Vince McMahon, which in itself is going to be crazy. So. Get ready, buckle up, people, because you're following. Isn't, isn't WWE or somebody like that doing a competing one, competing documentary about it, oh, where he'll be? They're not doing a the good guy. They're doing uh, like the American, uh, the American crime stories, where it's Vince McMahon versus the United States, and they're going to paint 
Vincent Kennedy and McMahon in the light of a... Yeah, because they're co-producing it, right? Yep. And they de-aged Stephanie and Shane to... Or aged them up or something along those lines. Something stupid. Yeah, Yeah, they aged them up so that they're... Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, man. Um, I think they de-aged them as what they did. They aged them to being children. Yeah, so that they can uh, get more sympathy. Yeah. Babyface pop. Babyface pop. It'll be very interesting to watch those two things back-to-back, I must admit. Uh, it is going to definitely be the other thing from the dark side that I was like, this is really weird. Is hearing them talk in wrestling vernacular about stuff like, oh, we thought Nash was in trouble, but he's going to kick out. I'm like, yeah, you thought he was dead, but you're sitting there saying, oh, he'll kick out. He always yeah. kicks. Out. It's like, no, sell it. You know, yeah. Just, I, I definitely would not want to be a part of that locker room. I have not. What a, what a weird world it was. They, they absolutely, I hope, they definitely need to, the rules do apply to them. Just because mm-hmm. you're a pro wrestler doesn't mean you're anything special. It means you, you have to follow the laws. And God, the H bombing, still, it drives me bonkers that they were doing that and doing it for shits and giggles. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, we're going to be back next week with a show. Hopefully, a lot end on a lot more positive note. This hey, week. we'll be talking G one. We'll be talking. We'll be talking Arthur Ashe. It will be a positive show. There is there is definitely some there good. is another episode of Dark Side coming though. Yeah, we'll we'll watch that and we'll be like, God damn it! Yeah, which I just want to look up and see what the next episode is, and then we'll get out of here. I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm going to find out. All right, you do that, and meanwhile, I'll talk just to drone on and fill the space for you. There you go. What See a guy I am. What a co-host. You, you're doing a great job. Uh, the next episode is The Double Life of Chris Canyon. That'll be interesting. That's, uh, that. Yeah. And that, uh. I get the feeling that, uh, wrestling is not going to come across well in that one either. No, and there was a clip that Josh sent me of Canyon on uh, the Howard Stern show basically saying, I was fired because I came out, and then Flair called in. And listening to Flair dig a hole deeper and deeper with each sentence. It's like, oh, this is not, there's a bunch of stuff coming out about Flair and being re-dug up about Flair that I'm like, oof, that ain't pretty. No, it ain't. Pretty uh, well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, more talk of professional wrestling. <laughs>